Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. What's good, Internet? This is Igor Bonifacic of Mobile Syrup. Normally, I wouldn't explain what what's good means, and I won't today. We're going to bring in an expert to help us with that. You're listening to episode 124 of the SyrupCast. The SyrupCast is a podcast devoted to fostering intelligent and fun discussion about technology and the Canadian telecom ecosystem. Today is June 8th, 2017. We have uh, joining me today is someone from whom uh, considerations like time and space are of no consequence. Living up to his name, uh, Old Reliable, is Patrick O'Rourke. Patrick, how are you? I'm good. What, what's good, Igor? <laughs> the internet. Um, <laughs> the internet's th- always good. How are things in past San Jose? Uh, they're good. I, I'm, I've become a time traveler, it mm-hmm. seems. Um, things are good. It's a, it's a little overcast here today. Mm-hmm. San Jose is a fascinating city that I will tell you all more about when I'm back. Um, but but WWDC has been good. Mm-hmm. Um, we have, of course, Rose Gold Bahar. How are you, Rose? I am very good. I am here and now. And last but certainly not least, returning triumphantly to the podcast <laughs> is one Zach Gilbert. Zach, how are you? I'm great. I'm great. I've just been um, spending days playing Circuit Maze. So, oh, well, that's a lie. I had that, it bad. that just I that just is read what it we pay him to do. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. Zach, it's so great to have you back on the pod. Um, this week. As Patrick's hinted at, we're going to be talking about WWDC. Uh, that was probably one too many W's, but that's okay. Um, and we're going to talk about the Canadian Telecom Summit where dro- bombs were dropping like... That's right. <laughs> there was a fair amount of drama yes. and a uh, fairly unnecessary amount of acrimony, as Mark Goldberg put it. Was it really unnecessary, though? Ain't no drama. <laughs> I feel like that's what makes for a good telecom yeah, summit, is absolutely. when everyone's at each other's throats. Well, we'll, we'll talk about it. With their it. prison shanks. Oh, yeah. I can't wait to get into it. <laughs> and their old rotary phones. They're, yes. they're pretty heavy, so, you know, yes. good mallets. <laughs> um, so jumping right into it, because Pat needs to get on an airplane. Uh, WWC, major announcements. Uh, I'm just going to run through them. Uh, we got the Cabby Lake, iMac, MacBook, and MacBook Pros. Uh, Cabby Lake, for those who don't know, is Intel's new 7th generation uh, processor technology. It was strangely missing from the uh, previous MacBook Pros, or not strangely, depending on whom you ask. Um, But it felt like somewhat of an oversight. Still, this is a great change. Um, We got the new iMac Pro, which was not expected. It's... uh, that was exciting. Uh, how much exciting. did it? Exciting. 5,000. Starting at. <laughs> yeah, starting at 5,000. You can go up to what? Like 36 cores or something crazy like you that. You can go up to 18. Co- 18, 18, yeah. yeah. 18. But then are, they're probably hyper-threaded, so there's like 18 logical cores, <laughs> yeah. and then like, or physical cores, and then like 36 logical <laughs> cores. More cores that, than a man would ever need. That's the iMac Pro, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah the yeah, iMac yeah, Pro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, uh, had, they had one on the show floor, and it was ooh. protected by like 12 Apple employees just standing around it. <laughs> <laughs> um, Fit for a king or uh, a queen. Yeah, or a queen. Mostly queens. <laughs> um, the new 
10.5 inch iPad Pro, which, uh, and they also updated the 12.9 inch iPad Pro, Zach's favorite iPad. Um, new 120 hertz display, yep. which is really cool. Um, smaller bezels um, and all the great stuff that comes with every new iPad iteration. Still 10 hours of battery life because there's always 10 hours of battery life. Um, and dynamic hertz, which is kind of cool, right? So yes. you can adjust the, her- the screen yeah. res- uh, refresh as needed to usage. save the battery. Yeah. Yes. iOS 11. So much with iOS 11. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness. That was, I both loved and hated Craig, the dad, uh, Federlini at that moment because I'm like, okay, this has to be the end. Nope. <laughs> uh, Siri got a new voice. Hey, yeah. hey it's, it sounds so I've great. heard it's like, oh, Pat, have you yeah. tried iOS 11 yet? Yeah, I well, I I mean, I played around with it with the the 10.5 inch iPad Pro um, mm-hmm. on the show floor, but like I don't I don't have a developer mm-hmm. developer account or whatever to access it. Mm-hmm. The the voice is like uncannily like real from and what I've heard. Slightly yes. creepy. Oh yeah, they they talked about that a little yeah. bit how they used machine learning to to make it sound more natural. Yeah, like cool. the inflection points are just anyways. Yeah, it's just insane, mm-hmm. interesting. Hi Sierra, the unoriginally named next version of Mac OS. Um, Sponsored by Snoop Dogg. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, ARKit, which is uh, Aug- Apple's new augmented reality SDK. Mm-hmm. And SDK, for those who don't know, is Software Development Kit. The App Store is getting a new redesign, and it looks pretty gr- great to me. Um, making it, it looks more like Apple Music from yeah. what I've seen. Yeah. I th- think we'd all say long overdue at this point, but yeah. still yeah. much appreciated. And of course, one more thing the HomePod, um, <laughs> the long rumored Siri speaker. Um, there's a lot to talk about here. So I think the best way to go about this is we're going to bring back the power rankings format. You've seen power fr- rankings. Power rankings. We need like yes. a theme song for this. Power ranking. Power ranking. <laughs> I loved that. Yes. <laughs> actually. Um, Lightning bolts and sound effects. <laughs> yes. Um, I guess starting with Patrick, what were your, I guess, one or two, uh, what were the most exciting announcements, just one or two, and then what were the least exciting announcements for you, or the ones that kind of felt, you were like, eh. So I I guess to start, it was dope to finally see the HomePod, like after writing about it so much and hearing rumors, it was cool to see it. Mm -hmm. Um, I wouldn't describe it as as cute like The Verge did. I think it was a little bulky, maybe maybe (laughs) even a little bit ugly. Would you still say it's marshmallow-like? It is marshmallow-like. That okay. that is an accurate description mm-hmm. of it. Um, mm-hmm. But it, it's it's really big. Mm-hmm. I think part of that is because it packs so many speakers in it, and Apple placed an emphasis on the acoustics of it rather than the IoT functionality. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was probably the coolest thing I saw. Um, but what's disappointing is we have no idea when it's coming to Canada. We like it could be a year, could be six months, no idea. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, I guess the other cool announcement was it, it's nice to see apple finally updating its hardware at a faster clip i know people that have the macbook pro uh the new USB-C macbook pro that bought it last year probably going to be a little frustrated with the fact that this is happening now mm-hmm. but i i think this is something that apple should have been doing like five years ago just updating yearly iterating on on the hardware inside its devices regardless of whether or not it, they change the design mm-hmm. um so i think this is to some extent, Apple listening to criticism from developers um, and, and listening to criticism from fans and, and starting to upgrade their stuff more frequently. And I guess the, the one kind of uh, 
downside disappointing one. Mm-hmm. I mean, it wasn't so much disappointing as I wanted more out of it was AR kit. I, th- I thought it was really cool. I went hands-on with, with a demo that they had on the show floor and, and found it fascinating. And it did seem better than Google's Tango. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, but it would have been nice for them to show more completed experiences because I know select developers uh, probably have had access to this for a couple months now. Mm-hmm. So for Apple to launch this thing with more of a bang, it would have been cool to be like, here's what we're doing with AR, here's our whole game plan, rather than sort of this like little tiny announcement um, hinting at what they may announce in the future in, in like October, uh, mm-hmm. September. Right, so I think to Apple's you know credit there, there was no accompanying hardware announcement because it's coming later this year in the form of the iPhone 8, right? So the, the we don't have yeah, the complete picture, I, right? I I mean I, I don't even mean I don't even mean hardware right like yeah. just some kind of yep. I, I don't know like an actual experience that wasn't just me placing a lamp on a table you know what I mean like they they showed off some of the demos but they they weren't playable games they weren't playable experiences mm-hmm. it was yeah. like a video that you could watch I I just think that um, it really exemplified how far behind apple is in terms of of ar when compared to its competitors uh i think it's great that they're playing catch up and i think it's something that they should be doing for sure um but i i was just hoping for more of a more of a bang show me show me like some new version of pokemon go or something like that that would have that would have satisfied me they kind of did but they didn't do the uh, the on stage yeah they they showed off like like how uh the pokeballs will will roll across across the floor thanks to ar kit and a few other things um so yeah you're right they did show some of that but isn't it it's kind of unusual for apple not to to show sort of more of a work in progress whereas i think they're more commonly known for um, taking something and doing it very well and making it very polished and presenting it. And this is just kind of uh, playing catch up to other companies' AR efforts and also not fully there yet. So I'll just add that um, or contextualize this a bit. Um, when I went to Lenovo Tech World last year, that's where uh, Google officially renamed or announced Project Tango. Um, and we got to see the Fab Two Pro, I believe that's its name. Um, and what I had never seen those demos before, right? But I had uh, both Tom Emmerich and uh, Chris Velasco, and Chris is these uh, mobile editor and gadget, told me that these were the same demos that they had seen about eight and twelve months prior when Google first yeah. started talking about Tango. And he's like, uh, they haven't changed at all. Like these are the same demos, literally, you know, same apps we've seen before. So um, the whole industry as a whole hasn't really matured. What I will say is we saw subsequently at this um, I.O. was Google like iterated a clear vision of like, here are some practical uses for this technology. For instance, you're in a mall or you're in mm-hmm. a hardware store and we'll guide you to it, right? Whereas with Apple, and it, this has continually been a tr- uh, problem, I think, with their a lot of their keynotes is here's an entertainment use, right? It's not, you know, it isn't like, how will this change your world? It's like, how will this make your life more fun? <laughs> yeah, and I would say also there has been growth in the Android mm-hmm. AR ecosystem. There's mm-hmm. There's been more apps developed. And since then, like Lenovo has sort of advertised, oh, these are the different things, games you can play and things you can do with AR. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wouldn't say that like Apple's really going hand in hand uh, in terms sure. of, I think they're still a little bit behind. Mm-hmm. 
And I was expecting but, more AI as well. That's of, another of course, thing, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. That I thought they were lagging a little bit uh, on when I watched the, this mm-hmm. WWDC. Uh, Zach, what were some of your favorite announcements and what were some of the ones that you were kind of less jibed on? Um, yeah, so I, I'd have to agree with the AR one mm-hmm. uh, being uh, one I didn't find that thrilling. Mm-hmm. But then again, I don't find AR in general currently that yep. thrilling. Um, I think it has a long way to go. And I think that, you know, being a a Kool-Aid drinker, as people say, like I love mm, you that know, delicious I, Kool-Aid, <laughs> you know, it's some great uh, cherry Kool-Aid um, that like they're going into a direction where the market's going and, the, and they tend to not go somewhere mm-hmm. until the market has matured to some degree. Mm-hmm. Um, I will agree with Rose that they're kind of, you know, not Apple-like and showing off like right now they're showing off unfinished things, but I think that is the new Apple. If we look back to like the Apple Watch announcement, um, it was like, here's this Apple Watch, this is what it's going to do. Six months later, well, now it's available, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think that's that's kind of where things are in general. Um, like look at OnePlus and how they're launching mm-hmm. the one, the 5 and stuff like that. Um, so in terms of things I found interesting, um, I'm going to have to go with the... Um, Power the, ranking number one. Yeah, what's number one? Um, that was supposed to be thunder and lightning. Uh, it yeah. was great. Um, would be the, um, sorry, the HomePod. Mm-hmm. So like, naming wise, I don't know. Like, I the, I think the name is terrible. Yeah, I think the name is terrible. Well, I like Siri speaker, man. That was a great name. Yeah, yeah. HomePod yeah. seems. Um, it just has something comedic about it. Yeah. Like, you know, I, I think iPods now have become something that we all once loved, but it's not as if, like, that is a, uh, a, a technology of the future at this point. No, and, yeah. the, and like, so that, like, yeah, that brand recognition yeah. is not as there as much. Like, yeah. iPhone and, you know, Mac, mm-hmm. not iPod, you know. Like, like right, Siri like, or, Home would have been a, just as good, right? Or like, even, you know, yeah. yeah, something like that, right? Um, Siri at home. Oh, I like it. Yeah. Um, I think it's kind of limiting that they've kind of restricted it to Apple Music. I use Apple Music, so it's not a big issue for me. So, but I know a lot of community members have been onto that. So, Pat, is that confirmed? Is it just Apple Music? No, no one confirmed that to me, but I've seen chatter about that on Twitter. That yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it'll probably only work with it. Yeah. And I mean, that, that yeah. fits within the way that Apple t- typically operates. Like I for know sure. that walled garden has crumbled a little bit, but they still want you locked into their services, their platform, um, and some of the conversations that I that I had with developers and uh, background stuff that that I was witness to as well indicates that that will probably be the yep. case that it will only work with Apple Music. Mm-hmm. That would make sense. And who doesn't want to speak to this oddly shaped speaker in the corner of your room with beam forming speakers? <laughs> <laughs> tweeters, a custom say, array of seven yeah. tweeters, <laughs> and say, "Hey Siri, good night," and have this realistic voice say, "Oh." <laughs> that was great as i just activated siri and have have her uh you know whisk you away to bedtime <laughs> night dreams with sounded voice that's uh you know episode 124 guest starring siri yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> our our guest siri yeah. uh we had thought that johnny ives was going to be yeah the guy who who made it into the the tube yeah but i guess mm-hmm. that didn't happen there was even there was no video of his you know uh displaced voice and soul talking to yeah, you about yeah, the design yeah. He's, of, he's, his beautiful yeah. british voice yeah 
for the um, for the HomePod, I was hoping that they were going to have um, some kind of physical demonstration on in the hands-on area. Yeah. Uh, but the, there was nothing. It was just a black and a white HomePod sitting on a table with Apple security guards standing around it. Um, it, it was kind of funny, though, because every time a developer would, or not a developer, uh, media would get, like, a little too close to it, they would, like, pull them back. Oh. Because um, people are trying to get, like, different angles and shots yeah. of it. Yeah. Um, but the lighting was so bad there, it didn't matter. Every photo looked bad anyways. That's because um, the demo HomePod was made of paper mache. Yeah. Yeah, yeah well it could have been. Could have just been an empty shell. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it's kind of reminiscent of um, BlackBerry launching the BlackBerry Playbook. Mm-hmm. When they launched the Playbook, very, very similar in terms of, hey, this is what it does. Let's show you a cool marketing video. And then it's behind glass and you can't touch it and it just plays this video. And instead, the, home play, the HomePod just played audio right yeah. so it's kind of uh kind of interesting and it goes back to apple you know showing off products that aren't finished yet yeah, yeah. and it's it's months away mm-hmm. you know yeah. december launch right yeah. so will it, and will it disrupt the the home speaker market probably not yeah um especially at that price point mm-hmm. not the home speaker i mean market. i I, th- I think there's space though for an iot connected speaker that's super high-end uh, oh, I yeah. mean, for, I'm not an audiophile, so like I'm cool with with the Amazon Echo. It sounds good enough for me, um, but it's it's not a great speaker, right? Neither is mm-hmm. um, Google Home. It's arguably worse. I haven't tried it, but that's what I've heard. Yeah. I think there's space for a very expensive Sonos quality uh, Bluetooth speaker that also has IoT functionality. So I I don't know if I agree that it won't grab a big chunk of the market. I think that high end IoT uh, Bluetooth speaker market. Um, is really just Sonos, right? Yeah. So th- it, now it's Sonos and Apple, perhaps, well, if, if this thing does well. Yeah, yeah, don't get me wrong. Like, people are going to buy this left, right, and center, but I don't think it's going to be a disrupting product. Yeah, that, that's mm-hmm. fair, yeah. Right, and and especially with when Apple announced HomeKit, you know, years ago, what level of announcement have they, they had since then about the, the platform, yep. right? Mm-hmm. Like, developers and manufacturers are reluctant to use it because you were paying royalties for the chips. Um, and you just look at, you know, LifeX, you know, a company that provides Wi-Fi connected light bulbs. And they've been trying to, for whatever reason, put, um, or not for whatever reason, sorry, they've been trying to put HomeKit into their stuff and, and it's just been a disaster for them. Um, the, the only announcement related to, to HomeKit in the last couple of years is just the, the, the dedicated Home app. Home app yeah. The Home app, yeah, which, right? which you use yeah. all the time, but I kind of hate. <laughs> I think I think too. It's important to note that like this is great at being a speaker, but probably not, not so great at being an AI, and that's kind of a letdown because I think a lot of people were looking forward to Apple actually debuting their big competitor to Amazon Alexa and Google Home, and what so, they got was something that they don't even know exactly what it is. It's halfway between speaker and so AI. If I can just interrupt, this was the most disappointing announcement for me because. Yeah. You know, to channel our friend Teddy for a bit. Um, you know, when Phil came on the stage and, you know, he's had his like bumbles before, but he's like, you know, you would expect uh, an IoT speaker would cost <laughs> around $200 and then a high-end speaker yeah. would cost $400. You put that together, you get a 600 <laughs> to $700 speaker. We're going to come at 349 And I was just like, poof. Right, like because, first of all, I love that accent. Yeah, but that's not how he sounds, okay. right? But like, so I, I, I talked to to Douglas a little bit about this on mm-hmm. CanCon. Mm-hmm. I agree with you. I think it was disappointing that they didn't show off the IoT functionality. But I think part of it is there's a reason why they revealed the speaker at WWDC. They need 
third-party developers on board with whatever the platform is going to look like. Mm -hmm. So I think part of it is they're trying to get developers interested in it. That's why it was revealed here and not mm -hmm. at a consumer event, mm -hmm. so that they can start getting that IoT ball rolling for when they do like a real legitimate reveal and show off what the IoT functionality is. I still think it's a bit of a marketing blunder in that sense then because mm -hmm. it has been revealed to the public. Yeah. This is how the yeah. public is first seeing it and they don't know exactly I, what its strengths are so, uh, apart from playing music. So the speaker has, you know, for all we know, been in development several years, yeah. right? And it's disappointing in the sense that after all this time, what does Apple have to show? What is its one innovation? And I think it's so, it's so like illustrative of this when you think about back to I/O. And one of the things I remember Sundar talking about Google Home is like through software we've been able to you know reduce the amount of speakers that we need. Obviously, that leads to not so great sound, but it kind of speaks to the different direction these two companies right are going. Where it's like here's this one company that's trying to like solve these problems and you know create a device that scales to so many different people. Whereas you have Apple where it's like, there's no software innovation here. Mm. It's just like throw as many expensive speakers as you can. And like, okay, it's 349. Like, here you go. Uh, right. Yeah. And I'm sure you have like a counterpoint to that. So, yeah. Yeah. So I was just drinking the Kool-Aid when you guys were speaking. <laughs> so I'm yeah. going to be the optimist here. Yeah. And I hope I, you're still yeah. going to be alive while you're trying to make yeah, your point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What what flavor yeah. of Kool Aid is it? Uh, it was cherry. Yeah, it oh, tasted good. a that's, little that's weird. A it tasted a little weird. Let you you know, mind you, but hey, um, no. So to be like an optimistic here, um, I think, and this is my hopes and dreams that they're building these pieces together, right? Mm -hmm. So we've got um, this theory. We've got this um, rumored uh, AI chip to be coming into the next iPhone, uh, mm -hmm. dedicated because Apple's. They tell people Apple is all about keeping things local and not think you know taking data away mm -hmm. um, for user privacy. <clears throat> but I think with the home speaker, I think there's a lot that has you know you know working off your point, Rose, a lot that has not been announced. Um, and I think in September with the iPhone eight or whatever it's going to be called, I think we're going to learn more mm -hmm. about their AI efforts um, and and where things are going that way because you can see them going into an AI strong um, universe, mm -hmm. um, especially with the rumors of the car software or whatever they're doing in that, in the, you know, that segment. But, you know, just think of a world where you have an air, uh, a home pod and you have a Mac and you have your iPhone and you have a car powered by Apple, whatever mm -hmm. they want to call it. Um, I think that kind of then starts to tell the story of, um, of how things will work together and what their, their efforts are going to be. Right. I, I just hope that, what this, uh, I hope it doesn't amount to what the speaker is, is a $350 way to lock you into Apple Music. Yeah, because I know it is. Like, that's what it seems that's like. Yeah, that's you know, what it'll be. Like, yeah. if that's what this is, that is the lamest thing hey, this company has it's ever gonna, produced. Absolutely. Like, it's going to do, it's going to do way more than that, but yeah, 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 that, yeah. like, there's no way that it's going to work with, with other platforms. I, this it is it just, will just work with Apple Music. Yeah, but it's just, it feels like, you know, this is like Apple, 2017 Apple in a nutshell. It's like, well, how can we get them stuck into Apple Music? But, uh. but, but people that are Apple users, they're they, happy. They, they, they don't mind. Like, they're, I, you they're, know. They, 
are somewhat happy, but there are some people on the fence. Like, not everybody has drunk as much Kool-Aid, and they're more like, I'm using an iPhone because it's the best hardware, and it's very simple and easy to use. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) And so, like, that that is some people's point of view. Those people that are more on the fence, um, they're going to probably migrate away from this new apple that is doing more that is using more like manipulation mm-hmm. than like um surprise and happiness to keep their customers right. with them so they're you know when i worked at the apple store their famous mantra was surprise and delight and oh there you go right like i nearly had it and <laughs> it doesn't feel like the mantra is surprise and I, delight anymore <laughs> I don't. I don't think it's anything new, though, for them to mm. try to keep people within yeah, the sure. ecosystem. That's that's always been Apple's thing because Microsoft, um, to a certain extent, when the when the Surface launched, wanted to copy that approach, mm-hmm. uh, where you're like locked into their devices, locked into their services, and and you won't use other services because it's so much easier to use theirs. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm not saying that this is like a good way to do things because, like I've said before, I use primarily apple devices but google services which sometimes makes my life difficult um but i i think you guys are right but i I don't think that this is like new 2017 apple i think this is the way that apple's always always been like we've seen that wall garden crumble a little bit but it's Mm. it's still there i I so i mean i'm I'm not at all surprised about the the siri speaker apple music stuff like that that's what i expected I think that approach was stomachable when the products were great, right? And when the quality has slipped as it has, well, you know, has it really slipped? I don't know. Um, it's become well, a less cohesive vision to cohesive, my mind. Cohesive, yeah. And so it was more, you were willing to swallow that pill when that was the, the cohesive vision was there, right? And I think... Yeah, I, I think that's fair. Yeah. yeah. I think with AI, it's going to be so hard for Apple to succeed unless they really embrace an open ecosystem because that yeah. is what AI is about. Well, they also have to fundamentally change their, themselves as a company, right? It's no longer about hardware. It's about software, right? And traditionally, has software been... You could, I think, argue at one point that software was their strength. It was that beautiful melding of hardware and software. Oh, yeah. But I think... Just use OS or excuse me, not OS X anymore, Mac OS, uh, and you can see that the quality has somewhat dropped, right? Like yep. from the excellent releases that were, you know, prior to the current version. There, there are examples of them like opening things up though too, mm-hmm. um, uh, like Siri for example, the third-party integration. Yep. Mm-hmm. I don't think I don't think Siri's third-party integration is that great. I think they have a long way to go with it, um, but that was kind of to some extent Apple admitting like hey, we can't do this alone. We need developers to help us build this sort of um, voice-activated ecosystem. I don't know if they've ever made it to that point yet where it's mm-hmm. it's like it's viable, but um, I think to some extent, to, to sort of, they're kind of aware that they can't totally have this walled garden anymore. So like Rose was saying, I'm, I'm hoping that whatever they're doing with AI is is much more open than what we've seen in the past. Yeah. And let me also just say, I want Apple to succeed because I don't want a future where like Google is the dominant player and it's like, okay, we acquiesce to give all our information to Google, <laughs> yeah. right? In exchange for these technologies like that, that strikes me as more dystopian than like anything else. Right? Guys, it's going to be essential. Yeah. <laughs> I swear. It's, it's the future. They won't be evil. Open the pod bay doors. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I, I want to make a comment that I, I don't think we've seen, or I don't vision. think we've heard the whole story, mm-hmm. right? Because this thing has an A8 processor. Mm-hmm. 
you don't in my mind like i'm not a programmer i'm not a hardware engineer or something whatever mm-hmm. but i don't think for what they've told us that you need a processor yeah. as powerful as apple's a yeah. mm-hmm. to run that thing mm-hmm. so i think there's there's more that yeah. we're gonna hear mm-hmm. there's there's gonna be like something something big to come out of it um but like you guys were saying like this WWC is developer focused, but they have a keynote that's for media. I think it was maybe a misstep to reveal it now. Mm-hmm. Maybe uh, silently show it off to media or something like that. that I guess that's not possible because it would just leak anyways. Well, like select um, partners like they, they used to yeah, do in the past, like have, Unity with the Unreal exactly. and stuff like that. In the just past. have something big that, that will wow people to show you what your vision for this, mm-hmm. this thing is. Yeah. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. So that we don't uh, sit on sit around on a podcast and and yeah. make fun of it because we don't get it yet, right? Yeah. So um, <clears throat> take my money. We could talk about this the whole day, but Pat needs to get to a plane on a jet plane. So um, what I was thinking uh, on the great suggestion of our podcast producer Robin that we kind of intersperse reader questions. So we're going to take a really quick one, which is and it's Apple related. It comes from Aaron from Kitchener. Aaron, thank you so much for emailing us. I also wanted, before I read Aaron's question, Robin had another great idea, which is if you don't like email, if you don't like writing to me, what you can do is record your question just with your iPhone app, your Android app, and send it to podcast at mobilesyrup.com. Or you can you know, send it to Zach through our social channel. Uh, just use hashtag syrupcast. Is that acceptable? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, send it to us. We'll put it into the podcast so that you can appear on the podcast. Uh, that's pretty cool, right? We would love to hear your beautiful, beautiful voices. voices. Uh, but Aaron's question is, my wife currently has an iPhone 5. It is 4.5 years old and is looking to upgrade soon. Following this week's dumping you gave Apple, and he's referring to last week, uh, <laughs> will the iPhone 7S slash 8 be worth waiting for, or is she better off jumping on the 6S or 7 now? She has the uh, phones like this Pixel or my 6P, but I know her heart is set on another iPhone. Zach, what do yeah. you think? Yeah, like I would stray away from a 6S, especially yes. because you can get a 7 for, you know, nearly if not $0 on many um, carriers right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and and if you're doing the 6S, that's a product that is, you know, in September, two years old. Yes. Um, where the 7 now is like eight, nine months old. Yes. Um, that's $0 zero, that's zero on contract though, right? Yes, yeah. Of course. Yeah, but, yeah. but then when you're when you're looking at both of them, off contract they're practically the same price mm-hmm. with yeah. a small difference if dif- if there is a difference yeah so then it makes sense to go to the seven um that's if you're price conscious if you're not and uh your phone is like your five is going to be okay for a bit like it doesn't have any issues no crack screen stuff like that um i would hold out for the eight or whatever it's going to be called because we're seven s eight yeah yeah we're right on the cusp of of that launch right and i think as time progresses we're going to hear more and more about what's going on whether it be through official or non-official um sources um that's if you know price because we from what we're hearing it's going to premium going to be a premium device so um if you're willing they are always but this one's going to be like 
you know, top notch, they say. Yeah. The cat's yeah. meow. Meow. <laughs> um, I would just add to that that I think your wife and uh, both you and your wife have decided to upgrade at a perfect time because the iPhone 5 is one of the iPhones that won't get iOS 11 mm-hmm. yeah. uh, because it is not 64-bit compatible. Um, so, yeah, I you know, and despite what I, you know, say about Apple and on these podcasts, I still use an iPhone success. I think the iPhone, you know, for as much as much as I love OnePlus, the iPhone is still a fantastic phone. It is every time I come back to it, I'm like, oh, this is just so great to use, right? <laughs> like as much as I miss certain things on Android, you know, yeah. like the better notifications, for instance, yeah. um, it is still a great phone. It is still one of the best phones you can get. I will, I will admit that, that mm-hmm. it is very true. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would also say, you know, there's these small considerations that actually make a big difference. For instance, um, if she doesn't want to use wireless headphones, yeah, then she's going to have to like look uh, elsewhere. I mean, maybe at the 6S, but as, as you said, beef, that's a little old. So she might just use the dong, 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 life. dong, dong, dong life. Just, just yeah. literally get some hot glue and attach it to your headphones. You will never lose it, and you'll never know the difference. <laughs> so easy and so mm. elegant. That's yeah. Elegant. Um, or white tape. And you know whatever. what? I would say definitely wait because there's uh, some interesting phones coming down the pipe. But at the same, around the same time as uh, the iPhone, the next iPhone is coming. We're probably going to see uh, the next Samsung Note. Note 8. That Note 8. And we will then shortly afterwards see probably the second Pixel, which is what I'd be waiting for, Mm -hmm. Uh, especially for people who want to move to Android but don't want to upset themselves too much in terms of like getting used to a really weird Android skin. Mm -hmm. So This is my totally serious but not serious advice, Aaron. Get your wife a OnePlus. No, 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 no. Don't, don't, don't. If she's an iPhone person, yeah, just stay with Just her. let her be because the headaches that will cause it will be just. It might much. end your marriage. Yeah. No. What's well, What's the phone in the question? What was the phone that she five, currently has iPhone now? Five. Uh, yeah. Five. I mean, I I like the SE. I'm one of the few people yeah. out there yeah. that thought it was a really cool alternative. You're right. it's yeah. Still a really fast device. It's 64 bits, so you'll be able to get the iOS 11. Um, I think if you're interested in getting a phone off contract, I could be wrong, but mm-hmm. it's probably one of the more cheaper options out there for, for the iPhone. And yeah. it's the in exact terms same of the iPhone factor. Right? Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, but it, it depends on, like, if you want the latest, greatest stuff, don't don't buy a phone right now. Wait. Mm-hmm. But if you just need a phone, like, I, I always point people to the SE. I think if you're locked into Apple's ecosystem, you're not interested in, mess- in, in going to Android. The SE's like a, a solid option as long as you don't really care about having the latest greatest mm-hmm. technology yeah that's a good point yeah it's got updated yeah, points, uh, processing yeah, yeah. i want to put like a public service announcement announcement on this um inability to upgrade older iphones to ios 11 just because there's been a lot of chatter um in the community mobile zero community around this topic um and not saying that you like alluded to anything like this igor i just mm-hmm. wanted to to bring this up um but it's not going to render your device inoperable okay (laughs) the phone will still run the phone will still make phone calls iMessage everything will work you'll be able to use your apps and everything um, will continue unless the developer chooses not to support 32-bit devices any longer but I don't foresee that in the near future I think in a couple years maybe three years so or so forth you will see developers start stopping support just from a cost perspective right it doesn't make sense to support a, a device the five in general is like five years or four or almost five years old. So you'll see that, but your phone will still work. 
um i'm shocked you know, frankly it's, it's gonna be okay like you could put, would I, you know the torches down what i will say is you know the one of the benefits you get of being in apple's ecosystem is that you get consistent security updates delivered on the clock right like uh what was the like one of the recent i can't remember but like it was a vulnerability that was discovered like it was disclosed one day by the end of the week apple had issued an update and that's not you step out of that kind of right. paradigm if you decide to stick one with one of these phones right? absolutely yeah. yeah and that is a big downside yeah yeah aaron also asks, do you have any recommendations for Swappa type sites in Canada? My wife and I are public mobile subs and their deal for Orchard for discounted refurbished phones is pretty limited. Um, so <clears throat> I will, full disclosure, um, I know Bruno Wong, who is the founder of Orchard. Um, he's a friend of the site. I think th they're pretty great site and they're one of the few, I know obviously it's specifically for iPhone phones or excuse me, for iOS phones or iPhones. And um, the, one of the issues you run up with, um, you can go to sites like Kijiji, Craigslist. You have to, first of all, check the IMEI. Protectyourdata.ca. Protectyourdata.ca. You still run into an issue where that phone might have not been blacklisted before it came to you, right? And it could be in the process of being blacklisted. So I would be just very careful about trying these sites out the thing with orchard is it's like i've not heard of anyone like getting a blacklisted phone through orchard like they they're very meticulous about you know making sure that the phone is like it's resellable right like it is actually something that someone would want to use yeah yeah that's good i i don't really have any addition i don't yeah. do that much online buying and yeah. selling Kijiji scares me. Yeah. <laughs> like, I go to sell something and I'm like, uh, okay, yeah. this is creepy. Yeah, I'm sorry we don't have better suggestions. I tried to do some research about it and didn't find too much. I mean, there yeah. there is the um, Buns trading zone if you're yeah. within Toronto area, but I don't know if our reader is. But also, Aaron, he's from Kitchener, as he said. Uh, yeah. okay, right. right. So come to Toronto, give your phone to Patrick. Patrick is the master of Kijiji. He'll sell it for you. That's right. And senior, get you a new phone. And senior editor yeah. Patrick O'Rourke is the platform. Yes. Also look at like different carrier options because um, not to go to another carrier because if you're happy with you know your carrier and then stick with them. Mm -hmm. um, but a lot of carriers do offer refurbished devices. Mm -hmm. um, Apple does as well. Yeah. Or open open boxes, open boxes like if you're at yeah. Best Buy or something like that. And often that's just somebody who is like just who it. bought it and was like I don't like the color, I want a different yeah, color. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. it's it's pretty it's pretty can and, be kosher and a lot come with the same one-year warranty and everything like that um and then you can either a you know um which depending what carrier what carrier was he on public mobile public mobile so if you go to telus and you get a, an open box device you can just use that phone on public mm -hmm. because public owns telus sorry telus owns, owns public, public. Yes. jeez i almost got that wrong that's <laughs> weird um but yeah that, that, that's an option and unlock fees are reduced and hopefully eventually will get reduced further um but you know you've got you've got some options there great advice guys um so pat go on your merry Sounds way good get on your plane best of luck have a great time thank in you. la yeah, thank thanks you. for calling in pat you have no smashed it at wwc See. check out his uh coverage on our site yeah please amazing. check out his uh, imac slash macbook pro yeah please uh, read it i stayed up till like five in the morning writing it <laughs> yeah under very like 
not great conditions to put that out. Good old seven-hour embargo and that solid, solid hotel Wi-Fi. I'm expecting some very good photos of the Hollywood sign. Yeah, that's Uh, what we want. Yeah, I'll take one with me sitting on it just for you. Yeah. Hey, if you can do that without getting shot, literally, then (laughs) (laughs) don't actually don't try. Yeah, please be careful. You'll get get in trouble. Yeah. Cool. See you guys. All righty. So, Rose was at the Canadian Telecom Summit, the the melting pot of drama, as it were. Um, The biggest Canadian Telecom event of the year. Yes. Starring not the dad, uh, Mr. (laughs) Jean-Pierre Blasé, but instead Ajit Pai, uh, for whatever reason. (laughs) The uh, uncle from uh, the The US. The bad uncle from the US who apparently lived in Toronto. (laughs) That gives you bad advice. Yeah, and is great pals with... uh, Raj Schoen. Yeah. uh, Otherwise known as the CRTC officer who uh, is embroiled in quite a lot of controversy over harassment claims in the office Mm -hmm. and has been fired more than once. But Um, we're not here to talk about Ajit Pai as much as we'd love to. No, we're We're, we're not here to talk about Ajit Pai because there was other big news that was made mm -hmm. at the Canadian Telecom So tell us about it. I mean, um, to the first day of the summit, Nav, Minister Navdeep Baines of uh, in Innovation, Science, and Economic Development, aka I said, it's been really hard writing that on the site. We've, <laughs> yeah. we've tried a bunch of different ways. Yeah. Um, came up uh, to give the first keynote at 8.30 in the morning to, <laughs> to a group of excited suits. Yeah. And what he said was, guys, you're doing great on on infrastructure and quality. We've seen that through um, many studies, but we're getting a lot of complaints from Canadians about lower cost options. Mm-hmm. And so what we're gonna do about it is make the CRTC can reconsider its March 1st decision that effectively shut down um, Sugar Mobile, mm-hmm. which was a backdoor MVNO that mm-hmm. me and Igor have both written about. And MVNO. No, it's, for those... it's MVNO. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a long day, guys, so far. Uh, what Mo- is that? But yes, it's a I'll good go reason. What does it mean? Okay. Yeah. Mobile virtual network operator. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, that means a company that uh, purchases the service of a larger network from one of the incumbents mm-hmm. like Bell, Telus, or Rogers, anybody who's done the work to have that infrastructure across Canada and resells it at generally a lower price. In Canada, we have those for internet services. Yes. But the wireless MVNO landscape is uh, pretty dead because CRTC has not mandated that the big three mm-hmm. have to um, sell uh, at, at a certain rate to. Resellers. I wouldn't say pretty dead. I'd say dead. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> show mobile. My, come yeah. on. There's like there. I think there's seven. There's a Seven Eleven brand MVNO. Okay. But yeah, no. Most of the MVNOs that exist uh, exist through uh, partnerships with the big three that are yeah, clearly yeah. pretty like mutually um, beneficial. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was really big news, and it dropped like a bombshell because nobody. Right. Nobody knew it was coming. So I, I wrote about like, so uh, the, the minister's uh, office issued this statement. They're like, he's going to have stuff to say was basically <laughs> the press release. <laughs> he's like, you want to watch. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. that was all we knew. Right. Because just to give a little more context, what Sugar Mobile was doing mm-hmm. was because there's there's no easy way to become a wireless MVNO in Canada. Mm-hmm. 
Um, it was piggybacking off of the roaming agreement that its sibling brand, Ice Wireless, had with Rogers for roaming. Mm-hmm. And Ice Wireless is northern-based uh, brand that has infrastructure out there, mm-hmm. um, but but uses Rogers for roaming in the rest of Canada. Mm-hmm. And basically, um, Sugar Mobile was a Wi-Fi first carrier. So, you know, yeah. you use Wi-Fi first, but then if you, you fall back on Rogers' uh, network for roaming, except most of the customers were always roaming yes um so it was most certainly a backdoor mvno right uh and i had just spoke to the ceo of that company samer bichet mm-hmm. and he was sort of railing against the decision very upset so he had no idea that this was coming i saw him that later that day huge smile on his face this changes everything, everything. yeah so I guess the question I have um, is this, and let's just talk about it, you know, not so much nitty gritty details, but big picture. Is this how you um, make telecom service more affordable in Canada? Because this strikes me as a strange way to go about it, right? It, like, it really does, yeah. Uh, especially because I think the CRTC, I maybe, you know, like didn't like the decision from kind of uh, like, you know, this is just helping the big three, right? But I think it was the right decision because this was clearly not within, like this, they were using, uh, they got into this plan or this business what it was a very illegitimate way, right? Like they, <laughs> exactly. like they, yep. they signed a, a deal for this, uh, for these roaming rights under one pretense and then use it under a, a totally different pretense, right? Well, exactly. Right? And that's what they were saying. It just goes against the rules. And if we uh, wanted to make a different ruling, then we'd have to reconsider right. our whole idea of mandating um, that the big three or the, that the incumbents have to mm-hmm. sell. Right. So their, I took some issue to, with uh, Minister Baines. Like, if this is what he wanted, what he should have said is like, we're going to ask the CRTC to kind of issue a new ruling or like look, do some kind of study on this and decide whether it makes sense to introduce this new clause, right? I know. It does seem like a curious way to go about things, but the way that it will happen, I mean, all that he's asked is for the CRTC to reconsider, come back in a year. Mm-hmm. And from there, it may just be a jumping off point for a different sort of regulation. I mm-hmm. hope that it's not weirdly tied to this idea of roaming. Yeah. But the but the theoretical concept is redefining the idea of what a home network is. Mm-hmm. So it is actually quite closely tied. Um, the The idea is that could a Wi-Fi service, could a software service yeah. be its own home network? Mm-hmm. And that is completely a strange and foreign idea, but mm-hmm. that's um, that's ostensibly how how it would work if it went through like that. So it would technically be roaming that they would fall back on Mm -hmm. but their home service is kind of in the cloud and that's what samir samir bichet uh is saying is that now in this day and age we should consider software as uh as infrastructure or facilities based which is what a lot of crtc policy is focused on is Mm -hmm. benefiting those who actually build facilities but he says well building out software is in some way the same Mm -hmm. what was your take zach 
I don't have much to add. I just don't agree <laughs> with a lot of what CRGC does. But uh, well, yeah. okay. So we all know Zach is a Talus shill. Um, so <laughs> also uh, whale of a subscriber. <laughs> Dude's using all those gigabits. Um, Talus so, capital T E. Yeah, capitals yeah. all the way. Yes. Uh, so I just wanted to bring up to you the conduct of your basically representative at this session that had Ooh, Bell, Rogers, and Tellus, and a gentleman from the Public Interest Advocacy Center and a gentleman from Tech Savvy. And Ted Woodhead of Tellus is incredibly outspoken man. Uh, and he, he basically said that um, Canadian consumers don't really need more lower cost options. And if they think they do, that's a feeling, not a reality. Yeah, that was that was <laughs> it was uh quite the statement to make. I got to say he he was a bit let them eat cake about the whole thing. Yeah. What was was Christine there? What was her take on all of this? Um she she agreed with the public interest uh advocacy center guy John Lawford. Mm-hmm. Um head dude there who said that uh this is a booby prize for not getting a legitimate fourth carrier. Mm-hmm. So I think that's something that... And there was a lot of like hand-wringing about that, right, from the right. big three. Well, they, the big three were like, well, that's an outrageous statement. There are fourth carriers. I mean, there are in some parts of the market, yeah. Freedom and Sastel, but there was not uh, across Canada a, a real um, mm-hmm. large dominant option uh, in, comparison, in contrast with the big three. So... I think he had a very fair point there, mm-hmm. um, but uh, those days might be gone that we that we could have managed that. So perhaps this Wi-Fi first model is our only chance of getting more competition. Mm-hmm. That's what Google's doing in the states. Yeah, yeah. Google Fi. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. So on your on your comment. Today, okay. Yes, um, please. This tells. So. <clears throat> I don't agree with him. Because <laughs> I, lo- I love Dell's as their service and their network. Okay. Yeah. Um, just like Bell has a similar network because they have roaming agreements and whatnot. Um, but like I was on Rogers and then I left Rogers because I just couldn't put up with the network. Yeah. Like I paid my buyout fee because I could not deal. Even being downtown Toronto at Union Station, you can't use your LTE network. Yeah. Right. So, so from a service standpoint, I like Tell's. Tell's is great. But from a business perspective, all carriers seemingly think the same and think that they know that's what true. we want. That's true. And can a, Canadians afford, like with Rogers, I was paying $184. I use 15 gigs. Yeah, I use a lot of data because I want to use my phone how it's designed to be used. And I don't want to toggle things off. So I have to you know, reduce my experience just because I need to save a dollar here and there. Um, but I, I don't think that Canadians should have to make that choice. I think that we should be able to use our devices how they're intended to be used and get that at a fair price, right? Yeah. And and these carriers are publicly traded companies, right? So we can all look at their their um, financial reports. They're doing pretty okay. They're making a nice profit. You know, their ARPU, which is their, sorry, ARPU, which is average revenue per unit, is increasingly, yeah. you know, every year it's increasing, it's going up. Um, and, and that's telling. And are they investing in network and infrastructure as much as they... Um, like to show they are. Um, well, yeah, that brings I up don't... a great point. Um, so that's that was their argument was that if you we need this facilities based focused policy, 
um, because we need to invest in our infrastructure and there needs to be incentive to invest in our infrastructure. And you see that we have really, really great speeds. So that's how we do it. And you see in other markets like in Europe where the MVNOs are more common, their uh, networks are much crappier. Um, so that was their main argument. Uh, but the guy from Tech Savvy sort of took issue with it and said, listen, like some people uh, might absolutely be willing to have a lesser quality yeah. network if it is that lower cost. And that's what we saw with like wind. Oh, exactly. Now right. Freedom. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I, I think there's exactly there should be more options on the market. And hey, if you're confident in your network, why not uh, show it? Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> Yeah. Absolutely. Show that network off. Um, I know we could obviously talk about this uh, mm-hmm. a lot more, and I think we will in a future episode. Uh, but everyone. All right. Shout out time. Shout out, yeah. uh, my shout out goes to the Huawei P10 Lite. Uh, we knew the Huawei P10 and the P10 Plus were coming to Canada, and we were very excited about the uh, flagships, but we didn't really know that the P10 Lite was coming. And now it's here, and it's at Videotron. Fido, Virgin, and Rogers. So quite a range of options, and it's quite an interesting-looking um, mid-range device for about three fifty. So yeah. you know, check it out if you're in the in the market for a, a budget yeah. to mid-range device. And hey, the president of uh, Huawei Mobile uh, retweeted your story. I'm, I'm gonna assume he read it. Yeah, um, but he gave you some love there. Woo! Mm-hmm. That's right. Uh, Feeling my, the love. My shout out goes to uh, Mr. Comey, who decided to do his best uh, Navdeep Bain's imp- uh, impersonation and started just dropping all the bombs. Yay. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. That should be really interesting to I look at, too. Can't wait to read the transcript. Zach? Um, let's see. So I went to see Pirates of the Caribbean the other weekend. Was oh, it any in good? 4D. So, so, yeah, 4D. in 4D. So if you're in Toronto, um, it's the only 4D theater in Canada. Um, Young and Dundas Square. It was great. Like, it literally felt like somebody was sitting in front of me. Like, I don't know if this part was great, but sitting in front of me, <laughs> spitting at me the whole movie. Like, it's a water movie, right? So there's just water spraying sort at you all the time. just ideal. That's always what I want from my movie experiences, yeah, yeah. to get a bit wet right. during the whole movie. And you're tossed around, like, um, Yahtzee dice in a can, <laughs> like, in these chairs that move more than the D-Box chairs. But overall, like, some, um, some editors, uh, there's somebody at the Financial Post that reviewed... Um, sorry, no. Uh, Toronto Star that reviewed uh, the for the D box or 4D experience. Sorry, at uh, Cineplex, and they didn't like it. They said it didn't add to the movie, and you know, it just maybe if I saw the movie once, uh, I'd like to see it. But hey, it added to. You came out swaggering like a pirate. Yeah, I was like, I can't do um, Jack Sparrow's yeah, like, voice. Yo, I was like, oh, oh. my name's Jack Sparrow. I don't <laughs> yeah, know, something like that. Um, but it was great, and I and I recommend um, seeing. I think it's kind of cool where they're. Um, bringing this technology into movies, obviously trying to get more people to see movies, but mm-hmm. it was still great. And mm-hmm. hey, at the same time, try and grab one of those limited edition uh, Pirates of the Caribbean S8s from yeah, a certain from mark from China. Yeah. Absolutely. My first mission was like a limited edition Minions Cup at the <laughs> concession stand in the movie. But hey, you know. Uh, I didn't know you were a 45-year-old woman who loved <laughs> drinking wine at 3 p.m. in the afternoon. You don't know me, okay? <laughs> on that note, Zach, where can people find us? Yeah, so you can check us out on uh, literally pretty much. Well, those words don't work well together. So you can find us on pretty much every social network. Um, usually it's just at um, Mobile Syrup. So Twitter, Facebook, Even um, Instagram. Hello? Yeah. 
Hello. Yellow. Oh, I don't even remember the, the social remember. media Sorry, platform of the future. What this? They're like <laughs> Google's eighty-six communications platform. Um, we are not on Allo. Yeah. Um, but we're on Flip uh, Flipboard. I can never remember. Flipboard. Flip, yeah. Is it Flipboard? That's yeah, what it yeah. is. Yeah. Um, so we're on there. We're on Instagram, Twitter, uh, Facebook, um, Snapchat, kind of, but you know, Instagram's a little bit better in my opinion. So we can oh. like, move there. Um, you can find me at Zach Gilbert on Twitter, mm-hmm. and you can find Rose. You can find me at Rose Bahar on Twitter um, and on Instagram. Why not? <clears throat> you can find me at Igor Bonifacic, where I'll be telling you what's good about the internet and uh, sharing pictures of my cat. And yeah. hopefully what is good internet. Yes. I share pictures of my dog. Mm-hmm. Very nice. <laughs> Thanks so much, guys, for the amazing episode. All right. Have Take a good it easy. One. Bye. Bye. Ciao. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.